0: Welcome to the Booktopia Podcast. I'm Nick Wasiliev and I'm recording this podcast on the lands of the Kamaragal Nation, and I pay my respects to all elders, past, present, and emerging. This was and always will be Aboriginal land. Now, for any folks who follow me around in the online world, I'm an absolute sucker for all things rugby, and my guest today is a living legend in that space. Sonny Boo Williams is one of the most decorated and recognized athletes in the world, a dual international representative for New Zealand, a professional boxer. He's here today to talk about his brand new sports biography. You can't stop the sun from shining, Sonny Bill. Welcome, man. It's great to have you here.
1: What an intro, bro. Uh, great to be here. Thank you very much. And yes, uh, shout out and uh, great to see you. Um, you know, paying paying our respects to the uh, Indigenous people, the, the rightful owners of this of this land.
0: First of all, I know we're you know we're recording this in in lockdown times. How you doing? Are you doing okay? How's How's your family doing?
1: Yeah, great, great. I'm. Um, uh, I think I don't mind lockdown. To tell you the truth, I just miss the kids being at school. Uh, you know, I think just from a growth point of view, the kids need to be around each other, and you know, just for that um, social social growth. But you know, I'm grateful to be able to say I don't need to go to work. Uh, financially, I'm in a, in a good place. So Uh But my heart goes out to all of those families, especially in my area where I live. Uh, a lot of people are struggling to make ends meet. Uh, so hopefully, God willing, uh, lockdown will finish soon.
0: Yeah, I hope so. It is it is really tough times right now. Um, but... I know that, you know, in these times, uh, thing, people really love stuff that brings them joy and this sort of biography that you've written, man, is, is awesome. You can't stop the sun from shining. I, I know before we kind of just dive into it very quick, very quickly, I want to know why was now the right time for you to, to, to tell your story? What did you want to achieve with this book?
1: I just noticed that you're doing this interview, is that your beard next year?
0: Yeah,
1: next to me. <laughs> my there. Um, the struggle's real, way, eh, brother? The struggle's real. I uh, look, um, I think throughout my career, uh, I think ever since as early as 2009, 2010, I've been hit up to write an autobiography. And if I'm being honest, I never thought I would. Uh, oh. Just through lack of time, uh, I guess. And then also just through... Just having that, you know, having the self-esteem issues and 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 all of that stuff from where I came from, I'm really thinking, do people really want to read about me or know my story? But, um, you know, just having a bit of time now, uh, I've finished playing three of the sports that I uh, would have played. I'm still doing boxing, but have a lot more time. And you know, just speaking to a lot of youngsters out there, uh, you know, that have hit me up for a bit of advice and whatnot the simplicity and how I try to live my life uh, has really resonates with a lot of young athletes uh, and young people in general, I find what well, I found. So I just thought, why not, you know, put, I put my vulnerability hat on and uh stepped into that space and, and done it, gave it my all for, I think it was eight months. Mm. Uh, it was pretty, it was pretty full on. I got a, a really, really great writer in uh, Ellen Duff, who wrote the um, Once We're Warriors uh yeah, uh great. um movie so yeah it was just a it just seemed like the right time bro
0: yeah it certainly does and god you've got a fascinating story man and i think so many people will, will love hearing about it like talking about growing up in a in a rugby league household and you talk a lot about your mum and your dad and, and your brother um and you often you talk about your dad you came from just a different era a different time um How do you think that environment, you know, helped shape you as a person, especially could you talk about how, you know, when you were doing boxing and stuff, you just kind of fell back on that natural, just instinct kind of sort of thing. Do you reckon that started when you were, from when you were growing up?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, that's, it's been the beauty of this whole process. It's been such a therapeutic journey, uh, writing my book, uh, because I've had to delve back into, um, you know my childhood. Remember things that I never really uh, thought of for a long time. You know, this. You know, the scars in my legs, for mm-hmm. example. Um, but I found that that whole journey shaped me in who I was and who I am. Uh, you know, coming from you know a low decile area, low economic, ec- uh, you know, a low income household. I grew up in a. Housing commission house, Mom and dad slept in the lounge room uh, we had no wallpapers on the wall you know the the whole the whole thought of um, you know being able to step back and see that and then see the struggles that my mom and dad went through where it wasn't you know I grew up I never seen anyone that held a position of prominence held a in a position where you know they hired people, for example, you know everyone I knew my mom, dad. Uh, aunties, uncles, grandma, gr- grandma, grandfathers, they all just worked, um, you know, low income jobs. So in my household, it wasn't about thriving. It was about surviving, you mm-hmm. know? So my, mom and dad, well, dad never sat me down and said, look, son, um, if you are to make it in a high pressured environment, this is what you need to do. You know, this is how you need to act. It was man, how are we gonna pay the rent this week? You know, it was that type of buzz. So um, all of those experiences shaped me into uh, understanding that for me at a time, education wasn't at the forefront of my my mind because I didn't think that I could ever come or that would ever end up uh, helping me in my journey. It was sports because why? Because I seen people of color playing professional sports and I thought, well, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually good at this, this is what I can do. And if I can play on TV, then I can buy that, buy Mama' house, you know, with mm-hmm. wallpaper on it. That type of real simplistic attitude really drove me to the heights uh, that I got to. But then, you know, there was only so much that that way of thinking could give me. And I got there at a real young age. And then I had other struggles that I had to deal with. And uh, the beauty of my life is, I've learned from experiences, you know, the good and the bad. And it's shaped me into the man I am today, you know. So, uh, inshallah, God willing, some people, a few people read that book and take a few things from it and 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 help them in their journey.
0: Yeah. Look, I want to talk to you about this, the struggles you had with self-esteem. Just because, I mean, from the outside, you know, from a young age, you were a fantastic sports player. You excelled on the field. You just felt like you were in... that natural space but i love how you talked about how you said you just wish you had a magic wand so you could wave self-belief into pacifica and maori youngsters um you know why is it so many so many people so many pacifica young uh, players maori players why do they struggle with this what is what's going on there
1: you know i can't speak like collectively, but I, hmm. you know, from my my journey and what I think it is, what I think it is a key element to it is what we see growing up. What hmm. I see, what I saw growing up, like I said, I didn't see anyone in a position of prominence. You know, uh, from a sports playing point of view, we see people now is more than 50% make up the NRL and um, hmm. rugby uh, people on the field. You know, this is at a professional level, so we see that and we see well. You know, growing up, I, I connect with that. I see my people doing that. I can thrive in that space growing up. If you don't, all you see is laborers. You know, for me, um, I come from a household of all painters. My dad was a painter. My uncles are painters. My grandfathers are painters, you know, so I, I, uh, subconsciously it's ingrained in me in that, you know, I can be a great painter paint houses for a living, you know, mm. I didn't see anyone that worked on a board. I didn't see anyone that uh, was a boss of an organization or, you know, any of that. So I, f- I feel like that has a big part to play in it. Uh, Cause subconsciously that's all, if you, if you, if that's all you ever see, you know, that's all you ever think that you can be until, you know, like there's a chapter in a book, you know, better, you'll do better once you know better. That's why it resonates with me so much because once I hit, uh, you know, from experiences, looking back now, once the experience I've gained, being in a professional sport, sporting uh, place is that, you know, although it's tough, we can uh, achieve more. Mm-hmm. And that's by putting a vulnerability hat on and saying, look, if I have the discipline daily needed, we can be great at something else, not just what we grew up seeing. You know, we come from, collectively, we come from, uh, low-income households. A lot of us, and that's all we ever see. You know, a lot of us have families, or fathers, or grandmothers and grandfathers that come from the islands, mm. and they set up shop here, working as a bus driver, working as you know low-income jobs. And and if if that's all we've ever seen, then I guess that's all we kind of think that we can do. Um, but now we're in a great place where. Uh, people are actually talking about that uh, actually trying to be better through knowledge not just sport uh, and it's beautiful to see that's why i'm a that's why I'm always a vocal and and a massive advocate for our people striving to be better you know we're not we not we might not be great at that space at the start but at least we're trying to do that and do that and get into those type of spaces
0: yeah it's i mean it's so wonderful particularly because that that's those so many people from that background have just got so much to offer the fact that we're that we are seeing them come out a bit more and be able to just express themselves it's no longer just about oh yeah the space of sport it's it, there's more to it than that there's more than just that that different background um and it's great that we're seeing that more
1: yeah and i think that it's not just sports it's us in general as people yeah. you know from you got to look back throughout history from i guess colonization you know what i mean colonization yeah. It's it made a big divide in 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 uh, the social system where we stand collectively as people. Uh, you know, for us as islanders, Samoans, for example, we a lot of us were brought over uh, to fill those those low income jobs. You know. The, the crappy job, so to speak. Then the, came the dawn raids and and a lot of us were just knocked on the door and sent back home after we'd done what we what they wanted us to do, you know? So it's it's one of growth. Growth comes from, for me, it's come from understanding a bit of history, going through the educational point of, uh, process, but then experience and putting myself out there and putting myself into very uncomfortable situations. Uh, but then also learning from, learning from the wrongs that I've done in my life too. So it's brought me to where I am now. And, um, I understand that and I understand that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a reason that, uh, collectively we have low self esteem issues. We, uh, where we are, I guess, in the food chain, but, um, with hardship, uh, comes opportunities, you know, and that's just from the daily grind of trying to be better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it's great that, you know, that you're you're telling this story here because hopefully it can encourage other people to also like go and say, hey, if he can do that, so can I, which is such a a beautiful, positive thing. So we'll kind of talk about that that space because you mentioned that you had some troubles of your own because you went, you know, you signed with the Bulldogs and you had a couple of years there. But then 2008, you made the move to France and you you talk about this time that first year with Toulon as a really tough, tough time in your life because you were you were in the process of, of of kind of rediscovering who you were um you'd also you know you're in the kind of it wasn't like just a switch over when you kind of discovered and mm-hmm. became um got, uh, converted to Islam you talk a lot about your time with uh tangu Manga and and Johnny Wilkinson then and I got us and was it a sense that it, it suddenly became not just a focus on Sonny Bill, the footballer, but also Sonny Bill, the person that you were? Yeah,
1: that was, the, that was the beauty of that whole experience, you know, on the field and off the field. I feel like looking back at it now, I was just blessed in so many ways. I went through a lot of hardship, especially in that first year uh, with, you know, obviously what happened with the dogs and, Mm -hmm. the mental stuff that I was, the the struggles that I was going through. But it was, it was beautiful in the sense that, you know, I came from a bubble in Australia where, you know, walk out the door and everyone knows who you are. You go to petrol station, go to supermarket. Everyone knows who you are. Everyone's talking about footy and that. Then you go to Europe. No one even knows who you are. No one gives a damn who you are. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no athlete privileges there whatsoever. Uh, So that in itself was a kick in the mouth to my ego. But it was beautiful because it gave me that growth and understanding that life's more than just sport, life's more than just rugby or league, you know what I mean? But then on field, uh, you know, it was was a struggle to learn a new game. I never played a game. I played one game of rugby in in school, but that was just to get out of school that day, you know what I mean? But I grew up in the league household or hearty league. We despised rugby union, you know what I mean? So... (laughs) being able to go and go over there and learn a new game, but have rugby mentors. Like I have rugby mentors of two of arguably the game's best ever players and Tana Umanga and Johnny Wilkinson was phenomenal. It was, you know, I can honestly say I learned rugby from the best. Uh, So that whole journey that two to three years that I spent over there was amazing. It was, you know, I was finding myself, finding out myself um, in more ways than none. I was getting stronger as a as a Muslim, as a man of faith. But then I was also learning a new game, and and um, all of them just everything just came into one, culminating in me giving me the confidence to be like, you know what? Not only can I play this game, uh, I can thrive in this game with the best of them. Let's go back and see if we can make the All Blacks.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it felt like it was a real positive, just building good time for you. And especially like in terms of just becoming Sonny Bill, the person, the person that you, that you look at yourself and you're like, I love this guy. This is the guy that I value, or this is the person who it's, it's a, it's that self-esteem that I, from that time, you learned to just love yourself more than anything exactly,
1: else. Exactly. You know, and for me with, with my struggles of, that's why Mm -hmm. I connect so much with how Islam is what Islam Mm -hmm. has taught me that it's the daily grind. You know, you can't just, you know, have that gratitude or that empathy or hard work or discipline for one day or two days at a time. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a process. Mm -hmm. I still have my struggles now. I still have a lot of struggles, you know, but I found that when I didn't have those boundaries, when I was just a, You know, a member, a fun-going, happy member of society, Uh, the things that was given to me on a silver plate, I struggled with, bro. I Mm. struggled with, you know what I mean? I don't know whether it was the ego or whether it was the lack of discipline or whatever, but I still had those traits that my mom gave me as a youngster, and alhamdulillah, you know, mom accepted Islam. She's reverted to Islam now uh, because she understands the simplicity of it. You know, mm. she, she, the things that she gave me as a youngster um, really suited what Islam taught me as well, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm re- really, uh, really happy where I'm at at, at this stage in my life. Grateful for everything I have. Grateful for, for my little lovings that I have in my, my life, as in my kids. I've got a loving wife. Um, mm. But I understand that the struggles are still there, bro.
0: Yeah. They don't
1: go away, man. You know they don't go away,
0: yeah it's but it, it, it but the struggle is a big part of you know what makes the reward so much better because you you have to work and earn that place to get there, which is wonderful and I think it's it's this is a good point to to talk about your time playing for the All blacks because i mean i'm I'm extremely conflicted on one hand because you know all blacks are the pinnacle man they're the best they've produced some of the most beautiful rugby that I've ever seen but on the other hand it's often been against teams that i really like so it's uh, it's it, in terms of that sport though like talk me through exactly what is it the all blacks have that that other teams don't because it often is the, the the fact that you know i'm a wallabies fan i'm still buzzing from from sunday night as well but you know just that consistency and that sense of of just trusting yourself and not thinking about it. It's just all natural. What is it that the all blacks have that other teams don't?
1: Depth. <laughs> That's what I believe. they got depth. Like we yeah. could roll out three, three first fifteens, you know, uh, and still mix it with the best of them. Do you know mm. what I mean? So yeah. I think that comes from, you know, like what I touched on earlier, there's over 50% of players are of Māori or Pacific Islander background that play mm. the game in New Zealand. Arguably the the, the greatest rugby-playing country in the world, arguably, you know, from a depth point of view. For instance, look at a guy like David Harvilli. Mm. He wasn't picked in the side for four years. He comes in, he's, you know, up there with the world's best at the moment. So that's, that's you know, when you have that depth, uh i guess and predominantly when i guess let's talk about australia and new zealand the difference new zealand every public school plays rugby union you know so it's predominantly that working class background players you know sometimes that come from the same type of area that i or households that i grew up playing it and it gives you that i guess more steely kind of gratitude look in life uh just for the little things where um in australia predominantly it's played in a private school household you Mm. know what i mean so like for 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 example when i look at my kids like i love my kids but the things that they get to the things that i had is chalk and cheese growing up Mm. you know what i mean so i always try and keep that gratitude or remind them to be grateful for what I have. But naturally, you know, you're not as grateful for the little things uh, that one might have that came from that type of scenario. But then you have that also on top of it, the, the playing pool is just a lot bigger in New Zealand mm. than Australia. You know, you look at the, the predominantly public schools play what? Rugby league in Australia. Australia's, you know, throughout history has been probably the greatest team in, to play rugby league. Mm. So if you could flip that on its head in Australia, then, you know, that would help a lot with the depth. But when we're talking about New Zealand, it has that depth. Mm. A lot of the Pacific Islanders that come and play the game, we make up 50% of the game. Like I said, God given physical attributes are suited for this game to thrive, you know? Mm. So that's what makes New Zealand so good is that depth. look, for example, the Barrett boys all playing for the All Blacks in the weekend. Mm. They grew up in the backyard playing together. You know Mm -hmm. where Jordy Barrett just about scored that crazy try when Bowden Barrett puts up the ball, he catches it, you know, puts it down. Just you know, like that's what makes New Zealand so good Mm. is the depth. Uh, These kids are doing these things at such a young age, uh, and we're seeing the, the they're getting the fruits of that at an international level.
0: Yeah, it's. It, it's just, I love that it's just instinctual rugby or it's just trusting yourself rugby because y- you've had that feeling ingrained from such a young age, which is makes it fantastic rugby to watch. Um, but also just rugby that it leans into what we aspire to with the game, which I think is wonderful. Um,
1: well, when I, when I grew up, bro, I grow up playing footy with my with my with my brother, my sisters, mm. my cousins, just down at the park because that's what we could afford, you know, just for footy yeah. boilers let's go down. That's where like offloads, try to do some crazy offloads or try and do some shoulder charges. You know, that that's that's where the where all of that, you know, crazy type of footy comes from. Just mm. playing at the park with the boys, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You talk a lot about boxing as well and how like boxing has also shaped up compared to like union or league. Like on one hand, you talk about boxing in this book as being just a really important part of your life in terms of making you, it's like helping you look after you. But also you've talked about how it's boxing matches have been some of the toughest experiences of your sporting career. Like that fight you had with, with the white Buffalo, with uh, Francois Botha. Where does boxing fit for you? in your life?
1: Yeah, it's now it's kinda of like a way of life. I've I'm still doing boxing. I uh, can't wait for the lockdown to finish so I can get back in the ring. <laughs> but you know, I've throughout my career I, I gave three sports my whole heart, gave it everything. Now mm-hmm. that's why I wanna see where I can get to in twenty four months with boxing. Yeah. Uh, because then I can actually just sit back and say, you know, Alhamdulillah I've given everything a go and um, you know, if I if I was if you were to say that at a stage at a time I'll, I would be the New Zealand heavyweight champion of the world or New Zealand heavyweight champ, it would be crazy to think. You know, um, if I was to say that I'll win the the WBA international belt against such an experienced fighter like the White Buffalo, that would be crazy to think of as well. So, um, some of the greatest sporting. Memories for me have been in the ring, especially in those two experiences. Especially winning that uh, New Zealand title was amazing because, you know, my pop fought for the cruiserweight title at one stage. Yeah, he lost, he lost, but um, you know, it's still obviously in the blood, the boxing.
0: Yeah, which is it, which is great, and I can't wait to see how you, how you go once we get out of that, once we. <laughs> Are out, are out of lockdown. Um, in terms of actually kind of moving out of that sporting environment, in terms of league and, and union and stuff, I and imagine you know, you talked, you, you mentioned a lot earlier in the, in in the book about how it's not a it's not a, a you know a career that lasts forever. It's it's it has a very limited lifespan. Um, now that you, where do you sit now? Looking, having had a tiny bit of time away from that game, where does that t- time sit for you now? Are you still like? Yeah, that was great. Or were you always just looking forward to whatever you can do next?
1: Looking forward, bro. Beautiful. Looking forward. (laughs) I don't really – people have been asked, you missed the game. I don't – you know, I don't – yeah, I still enjoy watching it and that. But um, (laughs) for me, me, I think I talk about it in the book where you can have those massive highs. You win – You know, when NRL NRL rings, World Cups, Super Rugby titles, even, you know, uh, heavyweight, um, New Zealand heavyweight title. And it's like the next day, it's an amazing feeling, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. because of the effort you put into it. But the next day, it's like, what's next, you know? So for me, it's always about what's next. And, um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in the future. Okay, I'm doing this uh, commentary gig and, but it's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, it's so uncomfortable but uh, you know I'm just trying my best and uh, you know I I can't say that I'll I'll be doing it forever uh, but whatever I do do um, I'll be giving my whole heart uh, Mm. and that starts with you know just being the simple message of just being grateful for what I have every day when I wake up you know I look at my kids before they start screaming and shitting in their nappies you know I'm just grateful for that you know I'm grateful for another day of life grateful for, to be able to eat my food grateful for the struggles that I'm going to face because the struggles will remind me of how good the good times are. You know what I mean? So mm. that's, that's my mindset. It's just that simplistic type of mindset. That type of type of buzz.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, and it's a great mindset to, to approach life with because you now have so many other opportunities that are available to you um, that, that, that life can give you. I love, I find it so funny that, you know you that commentary space like on on saturday night you were talking about how you couldn't look when cat when Quaid was taking that kick i had to mute i had to mute the the thing i had to shut my eyes i was in the exact same space that you were, man i was like i can't look because it was so good um but in terms of what's happening next for you on on your journey what's uh what are you what are you up to next where to net where to next for sunny bill
1: oh well, i still got this boxing stuff happening um I still, um, I think I'm signed on for the rest of this year, maybe next year with the commentary stuff. Mm. So I kind of got that uh, stuff locked in. But besides that, it's just kids, bro. Kids and my faith, uh, being with my feeder, just trying to be better. You know Mm. what I mean? Trying to be better. So that's about it, my bro.
0: That's good, though. Looking
1: Looking forward to the release of this book, too. So... Hopefully, get some good feedback from it. We'll see how it goes. It was supposed to be picture books, just all pictures in the book, but you know, got some writing in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I reckon, I reckon a lot of folks are going to enjoy this book. It's a, it's a really great book, man. You should be really proud of it. It's, um, appreciate it, brother. Yeah, Um, I'm aware that you know we're 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 pretty much out of time, and you've got you're a very very busy man. Lots of things to do, people to see. But one last question I want to ask you, man: Are you happy?
1: I'm happy bro i'm happy
0: yeah
1: but don't get me wrong there's times when i'm when i get sad mm.
0: uh
1: i had this mad conversation i forgot who it was and uh it might have been with quaid um the last couple of days but it might have been about quaid but it was just like i know where my home base is for yeah. me it's my faith for me it's my five daily prayers uh, for me it's stepping back from the craziness of this world and just being just saying humbly grateful for what I have, you know. So yeah, yeah I, I'm happy, but I know that the the sadness will come, the struggles will come, but yeah, I know where my home base is.
0: That's great. And it's so good to hear as well. Um I could chat to you all day, man, but unfortunately we're out of time. Sunny Bill, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, mate. Thank Hope you. So
1: you much. My daughter's just losing it out the back there. So
0: yeah. Perfect <laughs> mate, timing, it's, bro. It's the lockdown, it's the lockdown while we're in. But thank you so much. Sonny hey, Bill. Sunny <laughs> Boo Williams, You Can't Stop the Sun from Shining is published by Ashette Australia, and you can order your copy right now from Booktopia. Thanks, bro. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.